How big or small are your comfort zones? Notice I use the word plural because I think we have a lot of different comfort zones in life. A comfort zone, I, I guess my working definition is uh, something that you're familiar with, something you have expertise in, something that you've experienced before, and as a result, when you're in the situation or with a particular person, uh, you can deal with any particular short-term changes that come along. Uh, that's having a large comfort zone. Uh, hopefully, we have quite a few of those in our lives. We also have small comfort zones. Small comfort zones are not so fun. Uh, they are reduced, I think, by fear or anxiety or unfamiliarity or really bad experiences in the past. Uh, when we're in a small comfort zone, we're not as capable of responding to, to changes or what's unexpected, and it can be super stressful or almost uh, put us in a position where we're not able to, to function in that environment. So think about your comfort zones, both the small ones in life and the big ones. And, and maybe just a little bit how, how they came to be that way. Think about your comfort zones. All right. Stop thinking about that. We'll come back to that. Uh, let me give you an example of how that can sometimes play out in life. So uh, 16 of us from this congregation, 21 of us, came back from the Mission of Healing trip to El Salvador uh, which was in mid-February this year. And uh, it's the 18th time we've done a trip like that. The 16th time we've done it in conjunction with partners at Atonement Lutheran in Muskego and Adina Lutheran in Adina, Minnesota. If you want to know the history of those relationships, ask me or Pastor Muriel some other time and we'll tell you all about it. But anyhow, that's who we work with on Mission of Healing. It's intended to be a primary care medical clinic for people in uh, communities around the San Salvador area. But we also run what are known as charlas, which is kind of like a workshop. And, and the charlas we run each year depend on the resources we have and the people who go on the trip. So it can be things uh, like uh, fluoride treatments on people's teeth, reading glasses for people of any age, uh, nutrition classes, uh, classes on sexually transmitted diseases, uh, uh, conversations and workshops around reproduction and menstruation with young women and, and, and adult women, um, uh, sexual responsibility with, with young men, and a host of other potential topics. Again, it changes every year. Uh, we, we take along a majority of people who have some sort of uh, medical background, but we always take along some people who are, are not medical at all. So, for example, this year we took along somebody um, from Atonement Lutheran Church. Here's her connection to the trip. She is Catholic by background. She attended one service at Atonement Lutheran Church, heard about the Mission of Healing trip, thought, hey, I could do that, and signed up for the trip. This means this person uh, went on a trip for a week to kind of a tough place like El Salvador with a church that she'd been at once, a trip led by a church, ours, that she'd never been to in her life. And she launched into that for a week. By the way, she was also a CPA, and so her, her educational, professional background had pretty much nothing to do with anything we do on the trip. How do you think she did? She did great. She was in the children's area of all things, with me most of the week. And the, and the cool thing is she has some Spanish, and that was to great usefulness with both kids and adults wherever she happened to be. 
uh, a great part of the group. Um, obviously, she had a huge comfort zone to be able to launch into something like this. So now, where does something like that come from? That you're, well, sure, I'll spend a week in El Salvador with people I don't even know doing something that I'm not really trained to do. This would be awesome. So where does that come from? Uh, as far as I could tell, just in learning a little bit about her life story, is uh, she's kind of done stuff like this all of her life. She's traveled a lot internationally, usually to places off the beaten path. She's done some of that by herself. She's done some of that in, in groups or with family. And so it's, it's in her comfort zone to do it. Uh, she did it just like that. Now, we all wish we could kind of do that with almost anything in life. But let's face it, we don't all have enormous comfort zones. I think where we live tends to worsen that, I think, in a place of much material abundance. You would think that would create wider comfort zones. I think it tends to shrink them. Uh, this is why Jesus is always talking about how material things are, are kind of not so good for our souls because we, we worry about them a lot and they, they are, they are self-perpetuating in terms of the, both the quest and the anxiety that goes with them. And they do tend to cause us to misdirect energy into stuff instead of people. And, and so, I think in our lives, I think a lot of people put a lot of energy into uh, the house they live in, uh, the career they have, making sure their kids have lots of opportunities, um, et cetera, et cetera. You would think that would result in, in large comfort zones. The reality is people often... Uh, feel very off balance in, in life. Their, their marriage seems vulnerable. Their, their kids aren't thriving the way they think they should. Their kids actually might be thriving, just not the way they think they should. And, and the material stuff sometimes becomes a kind of an albatross. Now, our theme here during Lent is, is what? What's the Lenten theme? It's balance this year. And we primarily do that with our daily devotions. Sign up for them. They'll come to your mailbox every day. You can do that on our website. It's for our Wednesday services as well. Less so on these Sunday services, although I really appreciated Pastor Sherry's example last week in the, in the live services of how, how catching your balance is much more easily done collectively than alone. Uh, that was a cool illustration. Uh, but, but for this week's purposes, I just want you to be thinking that, that balance, which is a spiritual gift, does not equal comfort zone. And in fact, especially when our comfort zones are kind of small and expectation-based and material influence, they get smaller and, and we get thrown off of spiritual balance, actually. This gets us to today's gospel lesson. Uh, Nicodemus couldn't more clearly be off balance than he is when he comes to see Jesus. So he comes to see Jesus when? At night. It's literally like he's afraid or embarrassed to be seen with Jesus. This Jesus who interprets the law more broadly than Nicodemus does. This Jesus who associates with, with both powerful figures like Roman centurions and, and utterly weak figures like, like lepers and the children and, and the women. Uh, he like associates with anybody. He, he draws no distinctions. What's wrong with him, thinks Nicodemus. And so Nicodemus is, is afraid uh, or he's embarrassed and so he comes at night. 
And, and you can also tell he's off balance because he's, he's defensive. When Jesus talks about being born again, uh, Nicodemus wants nothing to do with that. And, you know, and says back to Jesus, am I, I going to go back in my mom's womb? Come on, Jesus. And so there is this mix of uncomfortableness and an awkwardness and defensiveness that is definitional of what we all feel like when we're off of balance and when our comfort zone has gotten very, very small. And, and as a result, to begin with, Nicodemus cannot comprehend when Jesus says to him, you know, God is not, not in the laws of Moses. And, and God is, is not in your obedience to those laws. God is like the wind. God is the spirit that just kind of blows into your life. And, and if you try and control it or stop it, you, like, it it'll, it'll knock you over. And it should. Um, but but if, if you let it be, then, then it blows you in a direction you probably didn't anticipate uh, towards a comfort zone of God's making, which is amazingly broad and vast. Uh, Nicodemus can't hear any of that stuff about the spirit or the wind. And, and so the conversation begins to draw to a close. But um, rather than end the conversation with contempt towards Nicodemus, who is clearly not understanding him, Jesus ends it instead with this amazing counter vision. And he just says, hey, Nicodemus, you, you know, your God of, of Moses, um, the one who bequeathed to you these 612 rules that you are so diligent in observing, that God does exist, but more importantly, that God also exists as one who so loved the world, John 3, 16. Um, not part of the world, not certain people who believe the right way, not people who... Uh, uh, feel the best about themselves. Uh, God so loved the world. So simple, right? Um, it worked. It worked stunningly. <laughs> uh, four chapters later, in chapters 7 and 8 in John's Gospel, Nicodemus will be in broad daylight, and he will be disagreeing with the religious council that wants to condemn Jesus already uh, early in, in Jesus' ministry. And, and Nicodemus will have no part of that. Suddenly, rather than being embarrassed to be seen with Jesus and going at night, uh, he's able to, to, to talk in broad daylight and, and be one of Jesus' uh, friends and defenders. And in chapter 19, after Jesus dies... It's Nicodemus, along with Joseph of Arimathea, who takes Jesus off the cross. A act of considerable personal and political risk. This man who has just been crucified as an enemy of the Roman Empire. Nicodemus has no issue whatsoever in being one of the people who makes sure that that Jesus has a proper burial. In other words, somewhere along the way, uh, Nicodemus' comfort zone, which had been so very small when he came to Jesus, just gets crazy big. And, and allows him to be fearless and, and expressive and sacrificial and, wow, someone who apparently was blown by the Spirit in the right direction. What are you going to do with that this week? I mean, it's really hard to be blown by a Spirit that you don't really, you know, you don't necessarily feel it in your life. Um, it's hard to, to not have small comfort zones because there's a lot of stuff to be anxious about in life. Um, here are two little things that maybe would make some sense. 
Uh, do you find yourself arguing a lot with people? Maybe especially with people that you feel like you should probably love, but you argue with them a lot. Uh, I always think disagreement is a good thing. Disagreement is, is, is where we are more creative between each other. But, but arguing is not disagreement. Arguing is usually destructive. It's usually a put down. It's usually us trying to control the agenda in some way. I guess if you find yourself arguing this week with somebody, um, it's probably a sign of a, a small comfort zone. Maybe ask yourself, why, why can't I let their agenda be on the table? Maybe theirs is different, better, more important, or maybe theirs and mine can both be there. They aren't mutually exclusive necessarily. Uh, catch yourself if you find yourself arguing. It, it's not a good use of your human life energy. Let the spirit blow you in a different direction, uh, part of which is the, the respect of, of each other's agendas in life. So that's, that's a little area for each of us to work on. Maybe, maybe a second thing you can, can, can think about a little bit this week is, is, um, is where in life um, are, you, are you longing to get out of your own way? Uh, I think so often in life we kind of get uh, trapped by our own uh, sense of who we are or other people's sense of who we are. And, and that really does a number on us because uh, it really prevents us from allowing the spirit to blow us in a new or different direction to truly be who we are and, and, and who we might be. Um, uh, pray for a spirit of grace towards yourself and others that, that some of that stuff can kind of disappear in your life and, and whatever age you are, 12 or 82, uh, you, you don't have to be held back by the things that have defined you in the past, uh, even if they were good things. Be defined by something new and different going forward. There are so many different things for all of us to work on uh, in life and in faith. But I hope this week you will be blessed by what Jesus did with Nicodemus, which is he was honest with him and didn't kind of let him off the hook, but he also gave him a different view of reality one which Nicodemus apparently couldn't absorb right away, but which he absorbed pretty fast and which changed him in so many ways in our world so much for the better. For this week, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, starting with you, of course, and starting with the part of you that longs for anything small in your comfort zone to be so very much larger. May you be blessed with large comfort zones.